This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 6.45 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And we are starting with something called Jigsaw. Yeah, well, it's a Halloween-y kind of thing. And um, how big a fan, Joe, are you of <laughs> slasher movies? Uh, I have seen none of the Saw movies. And this will probably be another one that you won't see. Yeah. Uh, anybody who viewed one or more of the Saw movies that began at Halloween of 2004 knows that they're built on blood, gore, sadistic, gratuitous violence, and very little else. In the first one, two men awaken in what appears to be an abandoned subway men's room. They're chained at the ankle, and the only thing that is within reach is a hacksaw. The inference being nobody gets out of here unless he saws off his own leg. The sequels that followed became more and more graphic, and with this new entry, quite a surprise. There's still plenty of blood and some very sophisticated torture devices, but it now has a substantial story, and it has a point. Jigsaw, a.k.a. John Kramer, has allegedly been dead for ten years now, but a spate of mutilated bodies begins to show up around the city that have his trademark style of death. Could he somehow have come back to life? Well, that's mystery number one. And the movie toggles back and forth between the police investigation and the fates of five people who find themselves chained up in a room, heads covered by buckets, locked chains at their throats, and the directive that if they confess their sins, the reason why they should die, they'll be spared. Well, the chains slowly begin to retract, pulling each person towards a steel wall that has several spinning saw blades threatening them. Soon the blood is spurting from everywhere, and then there are four, and then three, and so it goes. Each new torture chamber awaiting them creates more agony. The police are trying to figure it out as each dead body, gruesome and bloody, pops up in various places around the city. This is actually a pretty good whodunit, and it's a respectable slasher movie, too. It was shot in Toronto with some recognizable utility actors in the cast. It should serve as a good reminder for horror fans as to why they should make certain that their organ donor arrangements have been made, Joe. Mm. Uh, it's rated 18A. That's Jigsaw. All right. I'm going to skip that one. Yeah, I thought you might. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your service. What's this one about? Well, the title is somewhat satirical here, as this based on actual events film follows the challenges of an army unit in Fallujah, Iraq, uh, both on the ground and in that country, and throughout their return home. It's on the home turf that the plight of this handful of soldiers represent what is happening day in and day out with returning veterans in the U.S. Their Veterans Affairs Department, uh, the benefits, for example, get hung up in the bureaucracy, leaving them without income and suffering from various levels of PTSD. Their families are strangers to them, in part because of the long deployment overseas, and in part because the warriors no longer feel that they belong anywhere but back in the combat zone, and they deal with the demons of uh, what they've seen and what they've done on the front. Miles Teller from Only the Brave and Whiplash is Adam Schumann, excellent as a sergeant who returns home to small city Missouri, finding that he can no longer relate to his wife and young children, choosing to spend his time with his army buddies instead. Now, the buddies aren't doing much better as they have fractured family relationships and they deal with depression and thoughts of suicide. It's an acutely interesting commentary on the politics and realities of today's American forces. In one particularly telling scene, an officer in the Veterans Affairs Department tasked with helping says to Adam, his damaged charge, a quote, this is the greatest country in the world. You know why? Because, he says, flashing a colorful brochure depicting various cuts of meat, I can place an order online for 100 pounds of steak of my choice, and it's delivered to my house tomorrow. That's what this country is all about. 
Well, the officer's been a desk jockey for the duration of his service. He's never seen action, and he thinks that a pep talk about American greatness will straighten everybody out, but it does not. This is from the creative team that brought us American Sniper. It's a strong, thoughtful, though profane movie that will likely have far too small an audience south of the border. The rating here, 18A. That's thank you for your service, Jill. All right. And uh, one more film to look at, uh, Suburbicon. Yeah, you have to like and understand the Coen brothers, uh, people who did such things as Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, one of your favorites, Jill, The Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. uh, Fargo. Uh, you have to know the Coens to get what's going on here. Although they wrote this strange story of a perfect little town in the late 1950s, they did not direct. That job fell to George Clooney, who has worked with the brothers' material many times before, most recently in Hail Caesar. Well, Clooney's pal Matt Damon is the star here, playing Gardner, married to invalid Rose, played by Julianne Moore, father of one child. Suburbicon looks like the perfect little town, but looks aren't everything. When a home invasion goes wrong and Rose dies in the process, we begin to see a grim underbelly of this place and of the people. Rose has a twin sister named Margaret, also played by Julianne Moore, of course. And before Rose's body is cold and in the grave, the sisters moved into Gardner's home because, as she explains, the boy needs a mother. Now, there's another motive there, too, uh, that isn't nearly so pure. There are flashes of brilliance here, but overall it's a dark and somewhat unhinged mishmash of a movie. I think the problem here is that the Coens wrote it, Clooney directed it, there's no real real cohesion. It's rated 14A, that's Suburbicon. All right, uh, let's move on over to the streaming services, and we'll start with Net- uh, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix, Stranger Things Season 2. This is current, it's a Netflix original. It's back this week with an entirely new season that you can begin binge-watching at your convenience. Uh, The action in this sci-fi thriller takes place a year after we last saw Mike, Dustin, Caleb, and after having dealt with the horrors of the Upside Down, we learn quickly that Eleven, played by Millie Bobby Brown, who appeared to be missing in action at the end of last season, is back as well. All of the original cast members are here, and there's been very little else released as to what may or may not happen to avoid spoilers. And Jill, I'm about halfway through. I've watched uh, about five or six of these. I'll finish them off today, I think, and I can't say very much about it either because I don't want any spoilers, but uh, it's a great adventure. Season two begins today. I must say it begins a little more slowly, and it's helpful if you watch the last couple of episodes of the previous year uh, just to get yourself back in the groove. It's a 14A rating. That's Stranger Things, season two. All right, a lot of binge watching there. Uh, We also have Wheelman. Yeah, this is from 2017, another Netflix original. It's a a hot action movie starring Frank Grillo from The Purge. He's a getaway driver for a heist mob who learns midway through a job that he's been double-crossed and sent up the river without a paddle. Written and directed by Jeremy Rush, who sees this as a cross between Baby Driver and Drive, both similarly-themed movies, we get the assurance that it's long on tension and drama and short on dialogue. It is rated mature. That's Wheelman. That's on Netflix. And Crave TV has some Alaskan mummies. Yeah, this is kind of a Halloween-y sort of thing. It's called Mystery of the Alaskan Mummies. It's from 2001. Excuse me, and... Maybe nobody told them about global cooling rather than global warming. Uh, These mummies were found in the wilds and inhospitable climate of the Aleutians. They number in the hundreds. They look very much like their Egyptian counterparts with similar processes and procedures used to preserve them. 
and as harsh as the Egyptian deserts on the other side of the world have been, the climate in the Aleutians is equally harsh and equally dry. Uh, they date back 9,000 years. It's a Discovery Channel documentary and covers some interesting truths. That's on Grave TV, Jill. All right. And it is leading up to Halloween, so it's fitting that we have uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, the new season kicked off last Sunday night with a ratings drop of about 18% compared to the previous year's season opener. Now, that's largely because we were not left uh, last year with a huge cliffhanger. Uh, this time around, we had uh, Negan, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, back. But uh, the year before, he took his barbed-wired baseball bat to the skulls of some characters in the last scene, but we didn't know who got dispatched. Glenn, we learned, when the last season opened, didn't make it. Abraham didn't make it. This time, still a strong opener, but without that drama, it came in with about 11.5 million viewers. It is still the highest-rated non-sports program on television. That is tonight on AMC, American Movie Classics, Jill. All right. A lot of people still like The Walking Dead. Oh, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Rick. On that note, uh, we will say goodbye and check in with you next weekend. Thank you, Joe. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.